Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Everything you need to know when it comes to handicapping and betting on the world of golf. Plus, three big predictions for tonight's action and for the 3M Open in golf this weekend. Plus, we take a little look at FaZe Clan and their introduction to the stock market, why that wasn't received very well. That and a whole lot more as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. That is millennial entrepreneur Anthony Vera. All views in the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests in this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice. And the views in this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. That's our way of saying welcome into another show, friends, except the, the legal way of saying it. Nice to see you, Anthony. Covers our ass. Co- 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 covers our ass. Not financial advice. We're just here for, uh, we're just here for fun and to give you some, uh, some entertainment. We are here for a good time, not a long time. We're also here to educate you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We're here to educate you on how to make money. I said it last time around, whether you're investing in the space when it comes to the sports wagering world or crypto or investing in the games, we want to arm you with the insight and know-how that will help give you an edge. I want to do a quick rewind if we could start because we did uh, give out some feature picks on the MLB All-Star Game on Tuesday. Uh, We went one for three, and I believe in being honest and transparent about things, and that's why I want to do a very, very quick post-mortem. Uh, one for three. We had the AL. That was my big bet, to be honest with you, my own big personal bet. Uh, we had the AL. I ended up getting them once we finished the podcast at plus 100. So uh, some really nice, tidy money to be made there. Uh, we talked a lot about the under, and I said this to you in a private message. I'll say it publicly, Anthony. I, I think I got too cute by saying that the under was going to fall in the first five innings. So under four runs in the first five innings. It got to four. Yeah. I was like, okay, I could deal with the push, and then it was back-to-back home runs, basically, from Stanton and uh, another player on the American League team. Yeah. They didn't score after that, though, which was interesting. No. No, it was like the it was like they had a couple good innings, and then just, bam, just it just dissipated completely. Um, I like the AL call. I mean, I didn't realize the AL was that dominant, um, all things considered, in, the, uh, in that All-Star game. But, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame that it didn't hit, but, I mean, it was pretty damn close. Yeah, and I would also how say baseball we had, usually goes. You're looking good, and then uh, and then one home run screws everything up. And we did have the we did have a lot of talk on the under on the last podcast. So you know, I'm not uh, listen again. I'm putting oh, my yeah. losses on the table here, but we did talk about it. Uh, I said that the number I had the game at was seven. It ended at five. So there we go. You would have got that information last time around, and how we got there. Uh, Raphael Devers, we had him as the MVP. He. He got up to bat in the first inning, got walked, never saw the guy again. I don't. I still to this day don't know where yeah. Rafael Devers is. Is he going to show up to a Red Sox game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's MIA. Put his face on the milk. He might be. Folks. He might be back in Boston. He might. He might be. Uh, he he he's he surfaced at uh, over at Fenway somewhere. Yeah, maybe he walked all the way back to Boston and he's at like a Dunkin' Donuts somewhere yeah. waiting for batting practice to start. Uh, this week, of course, we today I should say we've got uh, some great picks. We got three picks at the end of the show. Uh, One is going to be in the 3M uh, Open, which is the big golf tournament happening uh, this weekend. So we're going to talk a lot about how to handicap golf, what you need to know, that kind of insight. Uh, The other two, Anthony will probably poke a lot of fun at me uh, for, but they're north of the border. They're in the CFL. Uh, I've already bet bet all three of today's best bets. I've already put money down, my own out-of-pocket money on all three of these. The CFL ones, I will tell you, I bet yesterday. That's how confident I am in tonight's CFL okay. action north of the border. So I'm putting that on the table. But let's talk a little bit about what goes into handicapping golf because we're just off the back of the last major in the British Open. Uh, we're in a situation where you're not going yeah. to get all of the world's top golfers. So this is a bit of a different challenge you've got in front of you. Uh, but to start with, when you, you look at it, there are a number of different bets you can put on 
when betting on golf. You can bet on the outright winner. You can bet on one-on-one matchups, uh, top 10 finishes, top 5 finishes. I will say for my money, Anthony, my preference, and I think you know this, is to bet on the outright winner because that's where the real value is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I, – I prefer the outright winner. Out, outright winner. Um, I mean, as far as the top 10 and the top 5s, I take those in majors. I mean, if you're betting Rory for a top five um, in the majors this year, you're cleaning house um, with the exception of, I think, the PGA. Um, I think he's placed top five in every major this year. Um, I like field bets. They're interesting. They don't really pay off as much as I would like. Um, not field bets, but the, the aggregate. Um, I'd prefer to go out, uh, outright winner. And I've, uh, my pick this week's not, not, not very sexy, but it's a golfer that I like, and I think he plays well here. And he's, uh, I think he's due. All right, we're going to find out. You still, you're going to throw in a bonus pick you, today. Uh, I like this. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, here's, here's what I want to say, because I, I want to talk a little bit about how I get to where I get to. And for me, the first thing I, I start with when, when handicapping isn't the golfers themselves. Most of the time, I would say 98. Oh, it's a course. It's the course. Exactly. First thing I look at it's a course. is the course. Oh, yeah. It's not player stats. It's what's being played yeah. that particular week. And the reason is, um, yes, stats do matter, but stats matter as they pertain to the particular course. For example, driving accuracy might be a massive statistic that you look at one week where that's something that is heavily needed on a particular course. But that may not matter on oh, yeah. some smaller courses, and you as a golfer know that, right? Where a driver's barely being pulled out of the bag, a driver that a golfer that drives well, that doesn't it's insignificant almost at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's all about the course. I mean, it depends on the greens. It depends on undulation. It depends on what the setup is, what the weather's like. Um, I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, I, I, I too, bet up bet more on the course um, versus the actual players. And, I mean, the big stick, some – some I mean, realistically, the PGA players, I mean, they can hit their three-wood as far as their driver um, with give or take 30, 20, 30 yards. And, I mean, that makes a difference for them. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'd be betting, I'm, I'm most heavily betting on courses, yeah, um, when we, in a heavily consideration than, than the player second. When we look at this week, we've got the TPC Twin Cities in Minnesota. That's where the tournament's being played. Went through a renovation four years ago. Did a bit of a deep dive on this. Tournament's been played at this, at this course the last three years. Long shots have won every time. And I think that's very important when we get to our top picks later on in the show. Uh, because I'm going to tell you, mine is not a three-digit long shot. Mine is a four-digit long shot, and we'll talk about that a little later on. Uh, but when you take the big names off the board and you look at this course, this is a course that typically turns into a birdie festival that favors players who can drive the ball a yeah. good bit but can also you know, position themselves to get scoring opportunities. So the winner of this tournament this weekend at the 3M is going to be somebody who can find the fairways. And now, of course, these fairways in the last three, four years, have been reduced. So you're talking about smaller runway yeah. to deal with because of the renovations that went yeah. on. There are a lot of hazards on this course. You're gonna have, you've had a significant amount of rain in the Minnesota area over the last little while, very similar to last year. Uh, so when you look at that, you want to find somebody who's got a skill set for that particular course. And I want to just point out very quickly, in this particular golf tournament, we'll use this to highlight how we bet golf, Tony Finau is the favorite. But his, been, his precision has been awful this year. Tony Finau has been he's, – he's great on distance, but he's all over the course. He ranks just 144th in driving yeah. accuracy percentage, and he's having the worst putting season of his career, 148th in strokes gained. So when you look at him overall, I think to myself, how is this guy, first of all, the favorite? 
when he doesn't match up with the course. And I think I think it's the field. Hundred percent. Expand on that. I, I, I think it's. I, I think it, yeah. I think it's the field. I mean, when you're looking at the thing that sucks about golf is a lot of people go off of name recognition. Um, purely, it's very easy to do, um, and it's very easy to develop a bias. And I mean, the field this this uh, this week is not top to bottom household names. A lot of these guys took the week off, um, which I'm actually surprised because I was just looking at the purse and it's seventy seven point five million. Yeah. Um, for the tournament, so it's a healthy payout. Um, and a healthy purse uh, for the tournament, but uh, but yeah, I mean Tony Finau is probably the one of the only household names that's actually in the field um, this week at this tournament. So I mean, it's not really surprising me that he's uh, he's at the top. I mean, he's probably due, and I mean he does hit he hits the long ball. Um, but I mean, you're right. If 148th and putting, I'm not I'm not going anywhere near. Also, that. the words uh, Tony Finau is probably due have been uttered into my ear way more times than I can count. I uh, he's just not somebody I I, I put that stock into. Uh, so I throw the favorite out, and we'll tell you a little bit more why later. The second thing I look at very quickly, uh, you know, there's old-school gamblers out there that will look at greens in regulation and fairways in regulation. And I think those metrics are outdated. Yeah. I think they're antiquated. Mm -hmm. I, I think once you figure out what a course plays like, you have to look at strokes gained, right? That's a number that is widely available out there. You don't like it. You don't yeah. like the metric. GIR. I think GIR is everything. Greens in regulation. Um yeah, G for me it's GIR. Um, if you're if you're there, these guys most of the time can putt unless it's some crazy course. Um, like I forget the one that was in the U.S. Open uh, like two or three years ago that the balls were just sliding off the green. Where I mean, sure there it wouldn't matter, but I mean if you're GIR and that means you're that means you're hit you're striping your your uh, your irons. That means you're driving the ball well, hitting fairways, um, playing accurate golf and consistent golf. Um, I'm a big fan of the GIR uh, match. I will tell you that my my pick for the the upcoming 3M Open this weekend has a GIR greens and regulation percentage of 65. percent I don't know if you find that handsome or okay. not, but I'm I'm, le I'm leaving a little bit out here as we go so that we can we can tee up to the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. But just for those who don't know, when I talk about the old school metrics, um, if you look at it, you could have a tee shot that's hit into the fairway at 320 yards, but that's going to be way more valuable than one that's hit 270 yards, right? An iron hit to 10 yeah. feet away yeah, is yeah. much better than one that's hit 45 feet away, although both technically are greens and regulation. So that's kind of why I lean on the metric that I use. But again, it's whatever your formula is, whatever you, you know works for you and turns a consistent profit for you, more power yeah. to you. But that's kind of where I go. So the two things I look at, strokes gained and what the course looks like, and then I start to weave down on which golfers fit that narrative. And perhaps if they've got some experience on the course, that also helps as well. Yeah, that matters more than anything. If you know that a guy plays well on that course, these guys usually, if they play well somewhere, they play well there every time. Um, and it's because they're comfortable. It's because it plays well to their swing, and it's because they, they just know it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, past performance is uh, definitely an indicator of future performance in, in the golf So, world. as I mentioned, we're going to have three picks coming up on the show. Uh, one of the – well, we'll have four, I guess, technically. You're going to have one in the world of golf as well. So, two golf picks. You'll have two CFL picks coming up. I want to turn to the business side of things because this is, again, about strategizing and finding good ways for you to invest and, and give you some insight. Two stories yeah. that I want to talk about in the world of crypto, if we could, very quickly, and I'm going to lean on you on this one. Uh, one has to do with Tesla. And, uh, of course, a lot of headlines today that Tesla has sold most of its Bitcoin uh, to shore up their liquidity. What do you make of yeah. this sale? I mean, Elon Musk is, of course, a guy who was very bullish on the, the world of crypto in the early days. Does this tell us anything or is this simply a company and corporate move? 
I think it's I think it's irrelevant. Um, to be honest, I think it's irrelevant. I think the media likes it as a headline, but Tesla is able to do what Tesla wants to do with their balance sheet. I mean, they need to do what's in best interest of the company. Um, Elon has a fiduciary responsibility to his investors. I mean, I think buying the Bitcoin was was a smart idea. Um, maybe he needed to de-risk in some in some buckets on his uh, on his balance sheet, but I think it's irrelevant. I mean, I'm kind of getting sick of the Elon uh, headlines. It's like everybody just wants to sit on pins and needles and watch watch what he's doing. I mean, if Tesla wants to sell a billion dollars of Bitcoin, let Tesla sell a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. It's it's their it's their right to, and it's it's their investment decision. All right. It's no it's no uh, yeah it, it, it's no knock or negative on 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 Bitcoin. I don't think companies should be holding it on their balance sheets. Why? Period. Um, I mean, as of right now, it's just it's too volatile. It's too volatile. I mean, if you're a crypto company, especially if you're an NFT project, if you're any of these uh, companies that are crypto native, I mean, if you're holding your entire balance sheet in crypto or if you have a majority of your balance sheet in crypto, I mean, I, I don't want to be a, a blunt about it, but it's just stupid. Um, I, you're, I mean, if the market turns, which it very well may and it has, I mean, you're completely fucked. You just evaporated 65 percent of your balance sheet. If you were holding it in uh, in Ethereum versus fiat. All right, let me ask the, the question then, because this article came across my uh, Twitter feed this morning, and I guess the volatility does factor into this as well, because people are asking, has the crypto sports sponsorship bubble burst? Um, you know, obviously in the UK, premiership teams have already agreed that they're no longer going to have gambling on their on their jerseys. Crypto seemed to be the next uh, big thing, yeah. next uh, you know sponsorship deals that they were looking for. Uh, but if there is that kind of volatility in your sports team, you're probably analyzing whether or not you want to get in bed with any crypto company and put them on your jerseys, put them on your stadium, give them those kind of naming rights. No. Yes and no. I mean, when you look at the crypto companies that have put naming rights and sponsorship deals together, it's the exchanges. Um, the exchanges make money if we win. The exchanges make money if we lose. Um, they're not going anywhere. I mean, FTX, Crypto.com, um, the big boys that did these big sponsorship deals. FTX is buying everything in the crypto sector right now that's distressed. Um, they're not going anywhere. Um, they're more than healthy. I mean, Coinbase, healthy. Uh Crypto.com, healthy. I mean, the thing is, is the assets and companies that blew up in the crypto sector were over-leveraged DeFi projects, and they were just over-levered um, CFI exchanges that, that happened to blow up. And then 3AC, which was a fund. So, I mean, they weren't investing in anything. I mean, it's, I, I think it's benign, really, to the, to the big players that are in the space and the big players that are putting those... Um, those sponsorship dollars to work. I mean, with the exception of something like a Voyager, um, which had exposure to the Mavericks and, right, let, let uh, and, and that five, entire five audience. Years ahead then, but for the most ahead, part, I mean, these big boys aren't going anywhere. They're making money. Sponsorship deals are outside of the exchanges where we might see some other companies branching out, or will it be, you know, you know, teams will kind of take a standoffish approach. They'll stick with what they know and, and kind of keep to that knitting instead. I like this when you pause. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure because, to be honest, on uh, as far as the ecosystem goes and companies outside of the exchanges, um, I mean, you need to be a couple billion dollar organization in order to be putting these sponsorship dollars to work. You're not going to see like the Board Ape Arena in like LA. 
or you're not going to see like uh like like crypto punks on the on uh like old trafford or something over in the uk um what i think you're going to see is stuff like candy digital official digital right. partner of the los angeles lakers um autograph official digital partner of the new york yankees um There's stuff like that length, where they're associated with the teams they're affiliated with the teams from a business perspective okay but they're not yeah i mean i think you could see uh logos on the on the jerseys um like you see with like ukg or like wish or like some of these other companies um from uh, from like what the nba is doing but as far as naming rights to the stadium and like serious like nine figure deals like I don't think it's it's advantageous to, to any of those companies really outside of the exchanges. <laughs> I don't know what um, that would look to like to be spending I, those I kind of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean it, I I think it'd be cool. I mean I I I just don't think that they're going to have that kind of spending power or that kind of uh, just need really. I mean the exchanges need to cater to everybody. That's why they spend the money out there because every single person that walks into that arena whether they know it or not, could be a potential customer. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it makes sense right. then because it's just blanket marketing. Um, as far as the projects go, I mean, that's more niche. It's more targeted, and it'll probably be more use cases. Um, I think there could be like a Web3 lounge um, in, like, uh, in like the Air Canada arena or something um, with, a, with a certain project or with a certain uh, like blockchain ga- gaming or gambling um, companies we or talked about something to that degree, but actual naming rights. No, I don't see it getting outside the exchanes whatsoever. Space plan. They went public in a $725 million SPAC, uh, but things didn't go. <laughs> You're smiling because you nailed this. I can be honest. You nailed this right out of the gate. Uh, things didn't go very well. Yeah. Their stock sunk in the, in its debut. Uh, maybe I reiterate like what, what you said like on Tuesday right. and, and give us an idea of why you think this might've happened. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that people understand esports, and I don't, I don't even understand esports to be honest. From a business perspective, I mean, as far as the games go, and as far as the IP goes, I mean, the New York Yankees are valuable because they own the IP and they own the product on the field. Um, esports, yes, the players that are playing own their brand from their team, but if you're playing League of Legends, if you're playing Call of Duty, if you're playing Counter Strike, they don't actually own any of the IP and all of that money goes back to the publishers. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're getting sponsorship dollars. Yeah, they're getting purses um, at these championships. And, yes, they're building huge uh, social media followings and brands, but I'm, it's really yet to be determined how much of that revenue actually goes up to the parent company and how much of it actually stays at the publisher and player level. Um, but we'll see. It's, it's, Any I'm chance curious well, I'm, to see I'm, what listen, it opens It's early at. days, though, too, uh, right? I mean – what We've it also got a, here a volatile market as it stands. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not rooting against. Don't get me wrong. Just, you're skeptical, and I think you have. I'm to not be. rooting I against. Think it. There's a healthy degree of skepticism. I prefer I think if it did. There's a lot well. of people that look and go, yeah. "Man, this is the fucking big boy of esports. I want to get on board this. Sign me up." And yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of left holding the bag or a little disappointed when things don't go the way they think they're going to go. Yeah, I mean, I think that, or actually, I mean, from my perspective, something like a phase, I don't know if I would invest in it or even buy the stock. Um, but if there was something like an IAC that came out that started building a portfolio of these esports brands, 
and building uh, just moats of mo- mo- moats of IP, monetizing them, and just bringing them all together in like a portfolio company. Sure, I'd probably invest in that. But phase alone, I mean, we'll see what happens with the revenue and what the strategy is and how everything pans out. But uh, I think it's a little murky as far as everything goes. We've got four sports betting predictions for you in just a second. Uh, but Mojang Studios, the Microsoft-owned developer behind Minecraft, announced yesterday that NFTs and other blockchain products would not be supported by the studio or allowed in the game. Um, they explained basically that uh, these are scarce collector's items and, and they don't really have a place in the world of Minecraft. Do you agree with this decision? Did you see this one coming? Or is this something maybe you, you don't even follow? Okay. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't, I don't follow it. I mean, I t- I, to be honest, I was actually... Uh, going back and forth with someone on Twitter this morning because someone said uh, in response, in five years, what's going to be bigger? Uh, the other side, which is the Bored Apes metaverse or Minecraft. <laughs> and you're basically comparing apples to planets um, with that analogy. I mean, the Bored Apes, the, 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 the Bored Apes metaverse. So there's 10,000. There's the, the, the addressable users right now for the board eight metaverse is probably one that can participate. Minecraft had 141 million right. active users last year and did like 450 million in revenue. Um, there's no fucking way that any of these metaverse platforms um, in the NFT space get anywhere near that um, in the next five years, 10 years. Um, I mean, I think it's benign. I mean, Minecraft's going to do what Minecraft's going to do. They've got their own monetization strategy within the platform. They've got their own economy. It obviously makes a shitload of money and has so a ton of users. The they don't need why it. They don't innovate it. it or why make it more complicated? Right. They don't need it. Why make it more complicated? I, I'm a firm believer that blockchain and crypto does not enhance everything. If it can enhance something, apply it. If it can't, then it has no business being there. You, just because it's a buzzword and just because it's, it's, it's sexy and has appeal from an innovation perspective, doesn't mean that you need to be implementing it in fucking everything. Um, if they don't need it, talk, go ahead. That's fine. That's, that's no, uh, it's, it, it's no sweat off our back. Just said. Cause th- there's an assumption out there. I believe that every, everything uh, needs the world of NFTs. Everything needs the, it, it, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it just doesn't. It doesn't need that enhancement. It's already got its own product no. going on. It's already doing no. well for itself. Just leave it the fuck alone. Well, Correct. Correct. It, you don't need to blockchain and NFT everything. That does not This is where we're happen. learning, see? It, this is good because I think some businesses should be listening to what this man has to say as well. All right, let's get into the picks. No, oh, very, go, go yeah, ahead, yeah. continue. No, I was going to – yeah, yeah. It's, trust me. It's because a lot of people, their first response is – well, Dakar, like for, for instance, the only gems, they're like, the cards need to be on blockchain. I'm like, yes, here's your 10 answers. Then they're like, okay, well, yeah. But then you look at something like comic books. Comic books don't necessarily need to be tokenized and put on the blockchain. They're not liquid. There's not a market. There's not a large amount of them. It's just I'm, apply it where it needs to be applied. Don't, uh, don't, don't reach because if you reach, you're probably going to end up in the uh, closer to zero than one. All right, now let's get into our picks. Of course, we mentioned we've got four picks. I mean, we're just giving stuff away at this point. Normally, I'm going to say this. Normally, I would not have 
three picks in a day. I mean, for me, I, I almost want to rank these for you, but this day is a different one because I've got some things that I really do like. And we mentioned off the top as to how I look at golf, how I handicap golf. The course comes first. Anthony agrees with that. We use different metrics when we talk about uh, what we look at yeah. when it comes to crunching the numbers. You're more about uh, greens and regulation. I take a little bit more look off the tee and where people are positioned and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to land on somebody, and I tell you, when it comes to the 3M Open, uh, that's not probably on many people's radar right now because of how poorly he has been doing. He has missed the last five cuts. Uh, his name is Cameron Champ. He won this last year. So yeah. that, that factors in I like big the pick. for me. Knows the course. He's the defending champ of the tourney. He did suffer a wrist injury after he won this last year. So you got to grade that on a bit of a curve. This is a boomer bust pick for me. This could go really yeah. well, meaning he makes the cut, he's groovy, and things are going well on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, he has featured in two top tens this year, including the Masters, which I think does tell you a lot. He ranks first in driving distance on the PGA Tour this season, so does the wrist impact it that much? Doesn't seem Cameron to Cameron Champ's number one. He's number, number one? In driving distance on the PGA Tour this season, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, he also ranks ninth on the Tour when it comes to strokes gained off the tee which is my main okay. metric that we were talking about earlier, right? The length he accomplishes yeah. off the tee allows him to be aggressive on a lot of his approach shots, right? Gives him a little bit more flexibility because he's got that distance. I think that's going to come in really handy. Uh, he also ranks 26th when it comes to going for the green, which is another metric when you look at it. Okay, he's got the ball where he wants it to be on a good length. Now he can go for the green and be a little bit more creative. This course in particular, Anthony, we didn't mention it earlier. Uh, these are big greens that we're talking about in Minnesota. Bit, huge. They're like, like huge. they're like living room. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. This they're like, they're like, they're like, they're like living rooms. Crack yeah, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Cameron Champ at plus 4,000 ticks a lot of boxes. But I'm going to put this caveat on the pick. It's a boomer bust pick. You may be sitting yeah. on Friday afternoon thinking, why did Doyle tell me to take Cameron Champ? I didn't. It's just my insight. It's just where I'm going. My money is already on Cameron Champ. I may be sitting on Saturday with no player in the game, no horse in the race, uh, but yeah. that's where I'm headed. Who are you looking at? I'm going with Sahiti Gala. He did. He played. I know a lot of people don't want to uh, bet on any of the guys on a fatigue factor um, that have been overseas for the past two weeks, but he looked good at the Open. I think he finished 34th. Um, he was smoking into the, into the, it, up the ranks on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, he hits it long. He's underrated around the green. Um, and I think he's, he's a good young golfer. So, I mean, I'm not really taking the fatigue thing into, uh, into I account. I think question. he's playing, he did play in the open. Yeah. He's paying, yeah. He's paying 24 to 24 to one on the, uh, on the odds. It's so funny you say 25 that. to one. Actually, he was my yeah. he was my second pick because he does tick a lot of the boxes really? that we talked about earlier in the second. Yeah, yeah but I I'm going to go yeah. with Cameron Champ. I think Tagala is is definitely somebody who could be in the mix. Uh, certainly, if I was and I'm not betting in the top 10, Tagala would be in my top 10 because he does tend to hit that board. Oh, yeah. More times than he doesn't. Uh, and Cameron Champ, just very quickly. Yes. Number one in, on the tour, 320.2 driving distance. Damn, he fucking smacks the ball. <laughs> Like that, when you think about everybody who's on the PGA Tour, and he's the guy that tops that list, that's a pretty impressive stat. Couple, yeah. I mean, I would think it would be one there before. I, yeah, I think it'd be DJ or uh, DJ Brooks. Um, I mean, shit, not Tiger anymore. But I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't say Cameron Champ in my first ten guesses. Yeah. So at plus four thousand, you've got you've got some good money on the table. Uh, there, second pick for me. Uh, 
How much do you do you even watch the? Have you ever watched the CFL football game? I was gonna crack a joke when you said CFL, but I'm not going to. Be nice. So be nice. Let's just no. 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 I was do gonna you, say I'd rather watch the WNBA. Um, it's funny. You, it's funny you say that. Too, I watched. Uh, you want to talk about how much research I do for this show? Have you seen? Was I watching the Seattle Have you seen Storm the guy that was walking Chicago around yesterday? <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Twelve o'clock. Have in you the seen afternoon. the guy that was walking around? Have you seen the guy that was walking around Times Square asking people, "Would you rather have a dollar or courtside seats to a WNBA game?" Everybody says dollar. <laughs> Everyone said the dollar. <laughs> Everyone. True story. I when I used to check in at the Mandalay Bay in Vegas, they used to say because that's where the Las Vegas Aces actually play. They play their home games inside the Mandalay Bay, and they'd say, "Hey, sir, would you like some complimentary uh, tickets to the the WNBA game? It's just happening down the hall." I'm like, "No, thanks. I might just check out the pool." <laughs> I mean, it sucks that it's like a punchline because I mean, it is a lot of athletes that generally are dedicated to their craft. I find it, I don't find it interesting, and it's not because they're women. Um, I think women are just as just as athletically gifted as men. Um, they're better than men at, at, at some sports. Um, I just don't find it interesting. And I just think when you look at the NBA and you look at the just the, 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 the skill level that's involved, I mean, it's very hard to watch. Well, I think that I think one of the other reasons, not that we want to go up a, a WNBA tirade here, but one of the other reasons is they don't yeah. do a good enough job in creating characters. Right. There's no celebrities Correct. that really stick out of that world. And I think that's going to be one of your big things, drawing people into your business model. Yes, you have to. I mean, the NBA, those those guys all have brands. Um, they're all brands. Um, and granted, I mean, you've seen a couple, which is uh, what is Elena Deladon and uh, yep. who's the one? Sabrina Ionescu, the one that just had a triple double. I think she had a 40 point triple double um, two or three weeks ago. I mean, she's like the face of the league uh, right now. Yeah, so there are people out there. Anyway, let's get back to Canadian football, shall yeah. we? Something far more popular, Anthony. Come on. <laughs> whole country watches this stuff. Uh, listen, sometimes when you handicap, one of the biggest things I tell people is, how many, how many times have you watched a team play? And, you know, if it's something like the CFL, I often say, my strategy, pick one team and watch them every single time they play, especially when you're talking about a league that only has 10, what, 9, 10 teams in it. Uh, it's a lot yeah, easier yeah. to take a look and say, okay, well, this team looks really, really good here, this team doesn't necessarily look great there the bc lions i told you a couple of weeks ago are my future bet to win the great cup they take on the hamilton tiger cats tonight in a very late game i think it starts around 10 o'clock eastern time bc is only an eight and a half point favorite i say this because the quarterback for the bc lions um, is phenomenal his name is nathan rourke he's got 466.3 yards passing on average uh 39.8 point, uh, points per game uh, the Lions were on a bit of a roll. They lost to Winnipeg, who might be the cream of the crop, best team in the league. Hamilton isn't. They've got one of the worst offenses in the league. They've been a turnover machine. The Lions are off a bye week. Hamilton's traveling out to the West Coast. Uh, tick every single box. I put this down. I got them at minus uh, eight. They're at eight and a half now. Did I you say he's averaging? Did, did you say he's averaging thirty nine points? Thirty nine point eight points per game. Jesus. It's the CFL. It's played in a parking lot. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but still. Yeah, but still. That's, yeah, so uh... it's a big number. Hamilton's defense looks great on paper. They haven't been all that great overall in practice. I go with the BC Lions minus eight and a half. I would even play this up to nine. I think they get to 40. I've got them at about 47, 48 points on their own. And that the reason how that's many significant... CFL teams, how many CFL teams are there? 
There's nine, I believe. Let me just do it. And there's one in. And there's one in on Hamilton. Is is Hamilton is Hamilton and Hamilton just because it's not in like Toronto proper, and it, that's where the stadium is. Pretty much. Okay. Um, but no, because like, I've been up. I've I've been up there. I, I've been up there, and wouldn't you put it in Toronto uh, proper? I guess if. Uh... Well, we have a Toronto team. Okay. There's got it. Got it. Got it. It's also a Toronto team. Uh, so you got the Argonauts, the Tie Cats, the Alouettes, the Red Blacks. That's four. Blue Bombers, Stampeders, Rough Riders, Lions, Elks. I was right. It's nine. Alouettes are uh, the ones. Yeah. Montreal. Alouettes are yeah. the ones I, I know the most. Um, so that leads right into the other pick. Uh, I like the over in this game. The total is only 51.5 when you have a team averaging 39.8 points. Uh, folks, yeah, this is not rocket thing. science. And Hamilton, by the way, also does have, even though their offense isn't great, they do have a propensity to throw the long ball. They get out there with some big plays. BC is going to be given a lot of short fields because I think Hamilton does turn the ball over uh, quite a bit statistically. Uh, I just think when you look at the numbers here, Hamilton's defense ranks second in the league, uh, second last in the league with 28.2 points per game allowed. All of the metrics line up for an over. I would take BC Hamilton over 51.5, the BC Lions minus 8.5, and, and I wouldn't look twice on it, man. I am so. What's the total? 51 What's the total on BC? On B- on, okay. Oh, team total? Yeah, I was going to say, B, I, I would take a bet on BC putting up above 45, 50 points themselves. I See, I'm only supposed to give out three picks on this show, so you're spoiling things for everybody. I'm just curious because it, like, it sounds like college game. It sounds like uh, like NCAA as far as scoring goes. It's like it's just a gunfight. I don't have a team total in front of me yet. But if I had one, I would probably say it's probably going to be in the 29, 30 range for BC okay. to score those points. And I would still go over that. I would comfortably go yeah. over that number. So uh, there you go. Those are the are you gonna are you gonna dabble? I think this question is for Mr. Verrill here today. Are you gonna dabble on any CFL games? Will I catch you up late at night? I'm gonna take a look. I'm, I'm gonna take a look at it. Um, I'm gonna take a look and see what the lines my book has. I might take that over um, on the uh, on BC. Yeah, I, lo- I love that play as well. I mean, when you're looking at a total of 51 and a half, you're probably in the 27, 28 point range right now. I don't have a number in yeah. front of me at this point, but definitely something worth looking at and you know if you can find it what's it on the ocho down there on espn 8 espn 9 what do you get the cfl on down there uh i don't even know if they televise them down here um to be That's honest so i'd probably have to go online and stream it somewhere um but there's actually there probably is an espn affiliate somewhere that's uh that's playing it there you go. All right. You're going to enjoy the games tonight. I know you will. You've got Tagala to win the 3M Open. That's Anthony's pick. Yes. Mine is Cameron Champ. Tonight, BC Lions minus 8.5. Uh, BC and Hamilton over 51.5. Hope you enjoy. Hope you get some good insight out of this and uh, make some educated choices when it comes to your wagering. Anthony, it's been a fun week. Thanks, man. Yep, it's been real. Look forward to uh, look forward to next week seeing these picks. And I am going to take that over. <laughs> He's um, on it right now. On the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> He's on it right now. I love it. Be well, my Let me friend. get a little action. Yeah, you too. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching. This is the part where we put you to work just a little bit. So like, subscribe, and of course, tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out. Leave a comment if you can. And if you really liked what you saw, share it on social media, won't you?